Welcome back to Cobbler's Gulch. Episode 42. Goblin Negotiations. The orphans protest being left behind. Are we all staying? He means going. No, we can't all go. Why not? Why? Why not? We already made our bones in the crimson forest against a gaggle of goblins. That's right. We made our bones, so we should be able to come along and collect the bones. There's a chance we won't get the witch's hammer until the blood moon rises. If that happens, Gretchen Hexenkopf will have already begun her great orphan siege. And these orphans will get picked off quicker than Madame Drax can bat an eye at a pirate on leave. <laughs> Which I The lazy one? No, the good one. Oh, that won't be pretty false. You lot protected me on the Bridge of the Spinning Woman, in the Crimson Forest, and in Gretchen's Castle. Surely, you're the same lot that can protect these orphans right here in Cobbler's Gulch. The other orphans nod, knowing they can't argue with that. Hazel and Wooden Wolf, having left the rest of the orphans in Cobbler's Gulch to manage the recently orphaned, strike out to find the goblin catacombs in search of a witch's hammer. How far are the catacombs? Couldn't say. Haven't you been there? Not even once. And you don't know your way? Nope. Then where are we going? We're going to get ourselves attacked by goblins. What? Why would we get our... But before Hazel can so much as finish the question, Wooden Wolf yanks her out of the way of a swinging cudgel, a knobby club, fat, on one end. The goblin on the other end of the swing immediately winds up to take another, this time to thump Hazel square on the head. Wooden Wolf whirls around on his good leg, thrusting his leg against the tree trunk with a mighty kick, blocking the blow of the cudgel. And then with the same hands that bested dragons, screeching soil serpents, and wicked warlocks, Wolf grabs the head of the cudgel and whirls around, swinging the weapon and, by extension, the goblin holding the other end, around and around and around. And then a nasty voice hearkens from the darkness. Yes, slurp winter knuckles! This is when Hazel realizes that they're under attack from not just one goblin, but a small horde. And just as the horde is about to close in on Wolf, the goblin he's swinging, Slurp Winter Knuckles, loses his grip and is propelled aloft. Well, there goes Slurp Winter Knuckles. The airborne goblin flies a short walk north into the thick of a thumpwood grove before landing with a thud. Wooden Wolf takes the cudgel by its handle and readies himself for battle. It's easier men to snatch up than this one. And with that, the small horde retreats into the shadows, heading south with no intentions of fetching whatever's left of the momentarily airborne Slurp Winter Knuckles. Just after the horde disappears into the shadows, Wooden Wolf stumbles to one side, and then the other, dizzy from swinging the goblin. He steadies himself with the cudgel, using it like a cane. Are you okay? I'm fine. Takes more than one goblin with bad aim to muss up my whiskers. Thank you for saving me. Neither of us is safe. Not with the hordes of goblins and probably all sorts of other wickedness about, so keep your wits sharp. 
How did you know the goblins would try to pounce on us? Gretchen Hexenkopf put the goblins to work, didn't she? So it stands to reason they'd sniff me out pretty easily, especially if they were paid fairy dust to do so. And you wanted them to sniff you out? <laughs> How else were we going to get ourselves a goblin? But they already ran off. Slurp winter knuckles, didn't. The toss probably fuddled him up a bit, but we'll have to snatch him up pretty quick if we don't want him to sneak off into the shadows. Indeed, they find Slurp Winterknuckles lying in a heap atop a hollow thumpwood that lays on the edge of a small pond. The nasty little bugger moans and groans and slobbers, no doubt feeling the thumps and bumps and bruises of being flung onto his head. If he had guzzled any fairy dust and... The way Gretchen Hexenkopf is using it to motivate the horde, it's entirely likely that he had. And the effects have long since worn off. His nasty little goblin is not at peak nastiness. His nastiness is more of a desperate and pitiful sort. Wolf nudges the goblin with the stump of his wooden Slurp leg. winter knuckles, I presume. <laughs> on your feet. Before I toss you on your noggin, one of two more times. Hold your tongue, goat smut, before we cut it out for- We? Which we? My horde and me, that we! Your horde is off and away, skin more cowardly yellow than goblin green. Yellow, is it? We'll have you bleating like a goat for that! Wooden Wolf raises the cudgel. Lining up a clean whack on Slurp Winterknuckles' backside. One of two things will happen next, Slurp Winterknuckles. I can split your butt for you a second time with this cudgel. Or you can escort us to the catacombs. The goblin squirms, eyes bulging, teeth grinding, nose dripping. The horde will mount my head if I bring a goat mouse and her goat butt to the very well. Wooden Wolf swings the cudgel. <laughs> Don't say you weren't warned. What do you want in the catacombs? Our wants are not your concern. If I'm risking my neck, I make it a point to know what I'm risking it for. You seem to have forgotten which one of us has a cudgel. And which one of us has none? Now, which way to the catacombs? What do you want? Hazel, how many thumps do you suppose it will take to relieve this goblin of his curiosity? Hazel feels bad for the goblin. Sure, he tried to thump her square on the head, but he doesn't stand any chance against a warrior like Wooden Wolf Montfort. Why can't we tell him? What difference will it make? Trusting a goblin... Even with the smallest of secrets, won't do us any. Suddenly, Slurp Winterknuckle's bulgy bloodshot eyes fall on Hazel, and the vile little creature sneers. You're that goldy locked goat's mouse that made Gretchen Hexenkopf's cauldron boil over! <laughs> you won't be saying another word to her. And I won't be taking you to the catacombs to get a witch's hammer, neither! Wolf looks at Hazel, then back to the goblin. Who said anything about I'm no ordinary slob, you goat mutt! This is actually true. 
As far as goblins go, Slurp Winterknuckles is of above average intelligence. You're trying to snuff out Gretchen before the blood moon, and your only hope is a witch's hammer. There's no other business you'd have in a maze of goblin skulls and bones. We could just use your skull and bones. We'd have a witch's hammer as quick as I could sharpen a knife. You'd have skulls and bones, but that's all you'd have. A witch's hammer only works if the bones come from goblins who have been buried in the catacombs. I've seen better bluffs in a card game full of half-wit trolls. Hazel tries a different approach. Why wouldn't you want to take us to the catacombs? What'd be in it for me? I watched Gretchen Hexenkopf twist up one of your brother goblins like a tornado for nothing more than being a rabble-rouser. And she'd do a lot worse if she knew I'd helped either of you. Hazel pulls the fairy dust from her pocket, the bottle given to her by Meridian Picklesworth. Slurp Winter Knuckles' eyes glaze over and he moans in avarice. Uh, let me have a taste of that bottle, Gulchmouse. Not until you've taken us to the goblin catacombs. Just, just... He reaches out toward Hazel. <laughs> Next time you reach your hand toward her, you won't draw a hand back. I show you the way to the catacombs, and I get that bottle. As Hazel begins to nod, Slurp Winter Knuckles' eyes glaze over, and he moans in avarice. No. You show us the way in. Help us secure the pots for the witch's hammer, and you show us the way out. You get the bottle once we're a safe distance from the catacombs. The goblin considers the proposition, his nasty little mind weighing the risk against the reward. What'll it be, Slurp? A thought occurs to Slurp at this point. A nasty thought. And such a thought would have wrinkled the nose and bared the fangs of most goblins. A tell of nastiness therein. But Slurp is indeed craftier and cleverer than most goblins, and he hides this nasty thought in the nasty recesses of his mind. I said, what'll it be, goblin? I'll do it. Smarter than you look. Not at all. Smart. But smarter than your dumb face lets on. (laughs) Woodenwolf gestures east toward the bridge of the spinning woman. Let's get to it. Which way is that? I don't know where the catacombs are exactly, but I know enough to know they're in the Crimson Forest. But there's more than one way. And I'd rather not spend all night walking through a forest since I've just been tossed on my head. Can't blame him for that. There's a quicker way, then. The Goblin Gully of exclusivity and privilege. I've never heard of such a path. Me neither. Probably because the pair of you lack not only the quality of being a goblin, but also qualities of being exclusive and privileged. It's a title bestowed upon goblins of the highest and most elite standing in the horde. Hear that, Hazel? We're in the presence of nobility. Woodenwolf spits at Slurp's feet. (sighs) You'll squeal forty times for- Woodenwolf snatches the bottle of fairy dust from Hazel and holds it over the goblin's head as if dangling a length of yarn in front of a kitten. Are you finished making threats and argle bargling? (laughs) Then lead the way, goblin. Slurp licks his teeth, turns around, and begins walking. Hazel and Wolf at his back, unable to see the look on his face. 
And the look is one that celebrates that nasty idea that's been bumping around inside his head. The look makes his face even nastier, his thin, cracked lips curling into a smile, his slit eyes arcing high, and his nostril flaring with excitement. What will we do if we come across a goblin while we're on the goblin goal of exclusivity and privilege? It's not likely. Every goblin is in or around Cobbler's Gulch, sniffing out the last of the men and the women. That's true enough. But we shouldn't take chances. Give me some rope, I'll bind your hands. And if we come across any of the horde, I can pass you off as my prisoner. If that is the amount of craftiness and cleverness it takes for a goblin to be deemed exclusive and privileged, then goblins are even softer in the head than I thought. Have it your way, then. Slurp Winterknuckles clears his throat before speaking, as clearly and articulately as any goblin ever has. But if we do come across just one goblin, rumors of your plan, Hazel, Peachwood, and Wooden Wolf Montfort, to snuff out Gretchen Hex and Cops with a witch's hammer, will be foiled all too soon. The goblin then leads them to a clearing, where he grabs a piece of turf and pulls it up like a rug revealing the lid of a sarcophagus shaped like the supine figure of a goblin. Suddenly, the lid unhinges with a click. Slurp pushes it open, which takes some effort, as it was made of silver, probably stolen from the Clutterbuck Caves. Once the lid's open, the nasty little goblin gestures for Hazel and Wooden Wolf to follow him in, down a set of stairs that's been carved into the soil. And they do follow him. And when they're all the way in, the lid snaps shut like a carnivorous clam. This is when the chattering chuckleberry begins to laugh. (laughs) It's been witness to the negotiations between Slurp and Wooden Wolf and Hazel. It knows all too well the whole plan and it delights at the prospect of spreading such gossip. Slurp knew all along the chattering Chuckleberry was in earshot the entire time, all part of his nasty little plan. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler Sculch. The Goblin Gully of Exclusivity and Privilege. In the meantime, it's a good idea to avoid dumb people. Like anyone who is certain he knows anything, or anyone who eats Indian food, and then insists on lighting her farts on fire. And of course, goblins. Always avoid goblins.